And um, this is sort of tying into our topic today, which is... Um, <laughs> yeah, you told me that you knew uh, what we were talking about. Uh, our topic. Uh, <laughs> record scratch. <laughs> Hi, we're Cara and Jill, two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that are rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push, push it. it. Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. This is season two. Woohoo! Season two. Yeah. Episode one. Um, we are back after a little extended break and we're excited to be recording our season two, episode one, right here on the front lawn outside in the yes. sunshine, getting some extra vitamin D. So you're probably going to hear some outside noises. We decided that it was totally worth it um, so that we can be outside. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in Oregon. And uh, so wherever you're listening, if you are living in a place that gets lots of rain, like we do, whenever there's a sliver of sunshine, we're like a lizard on a rock mm-hmm. and we're like my dog in the window. <laughs> my dog is, she's, I think she's a hot weather gal because she will find any sliver of sunshine in our house that's coming through the window and just like wedge herself in it. Yep. And so that's she how I'm does. feeling. Yeah, so let's catch up. Like, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, gosh, what have I been up to? <laughs> so, so we much. had, yeah, so we had our big event um, with Black Joy Oregon. We did a fundraiser called Squats for Social Justice, and it was so fun. It was really fun. It was, you know, all um, all summer, I my my knee pain was so bad. So during all of these. Um, the social justice uprising that was going on, the marches and things like that. I just didn't have, um, I didn't have it in me to participate in those uh, physically. And so this felt like something that I could do, like, like something that I could put some energy into that um, didn't require something that physical of me. (laughs) Right. uh, Even though we actually did do a bunch of squats. Yeah, my quads were sore for a few days. Yeah? Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. It was it was really great energy. We had some people um, mm-hmm. live on Zoom. We had some people um, watching the Facebook Live uh, on our Facebook event page. And it was just, there was just a lot of, um, like, the good kind of goosebumps going on. Yeah. It was really nice. It was positive energy. It was like, it felt really good to be doing something like that and partnering with an organization that is so positive. Cause it's not just about like, Hey, let's not be assholes. 
it's about spreading joy mm -hmm. in our community, specifically sort of by and for black women. And um, I'm a believer that if we are uplifting black women, everyone wins. Yep. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with black joy, um, we'll put a link to their uh, Facebook page in the show notes and on our um, on our website so that you can go check them out, support mm -hmm. them however you can, get involved, donate money. You can also just do five minutes of squats all on your own just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Trainer recommended. Right. So, so, yeah, so that was a thing. And then that next, the same day, actually, I met with um, a woman who is in charge of uh, Title IX for our, one of our local colleges. And I am gonna be going out there to do a workshop. And we're still working on the title, but right now I think the working title is Towards a Future of Freedom Through Fitness. Uh, and I'm gonna be talking about body liberation. I'm gonna be talking about anti-diet and I'm going to be doing a critique of the fitness industry and it's all going to be sort of um, as a broad introduction to uh, sexual assault awareness month so I'm really excited about it um, kind of working in a college setting is something that I have some interest in and mm -hmm. so that's a that's a project that's a big deal project that I've been working on that's really cool if you are local then make sure you uh, stay in the know because you're going to want to get in on that. It's going to be a great discussion. I will definitely be there. I will clear my calendar. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Um, yeah, so that's been fun to hear about that and get some extra side projects going. Um, I've had a little extra um, doula work in my life over the last few weeks. I attended a birth recently. It was, it's been good. It's been busy, but it's been good. And um, I'm just really happy that we got to have a partner workout today and be out in the sun. So it's just, it's been a really good uh, few days. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you hear the joy in our voices, that's because we just came off of 12 rounds of clean and jerks and then a uh, <laughs> quadruple Tabata workout after that, where we did a Tabata on the bike, Tabata on the rower times two and it was just about as much as you'd want to do um for <laughs> for workouts so yeah we are believers that you should be doing exercises that bring you joy yep and that particular kind of workout there's a kind of i call it suffering but it's it is a joyful suffering for me like i really love the feeling of those kinds of workouts and um this is sort of tying into our topic today which is your feelings about your body through COVID-19. Yes. Because let's be honest, it's been a year now that we've been doing this. Yep. And a lot has happened in a year. And this is such a unique circumstance that a lot of people that I've talked to, and myself included, have some feelings about their bodies in relation to what we're going through right now. So yeah. I just, I want to unpack it on like little, like a little level. And I want to unpack it on like a broader level because it's, it's, there's so many different nuances in this. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I, let's talk a little bit just about ourselves and kind of how we personally have been feeling throughout this. I, I personally have not, not lost anyone through COVID, no. um, but I won't deny that this has been a seriously stressful year. Um, so at the beginning of COVID-19 and everything shut down, my phone stopped working. So of course I ended up getting a new iPhone and I swear this is going to tie back in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a new iPhone tied on the back. <laughs> End of story. No, I was kidding. Yeah. Yep. Um, so these new iPhones have amazing cameras on them, like mm -hmm. amazing. And I like to do Marco Polo and FaceTime and stuff like that. So I'm on my phone and I'm like talking to my friends on my new phone. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I look so old. Like oh. I didn't know that I had all of those wrinkles there. I didn't know my face looked like that because those phones are so good. They catch everything. Like I thought, like, I felt like I looked better with my old phone. <laughs> so I had some big feelings about that. And, and you know, I, I'm 42 now, and I know that there will be changes. Mm -hmm. I know that, like, and for the most part, I'm usually okay with that. But um, in a time when I'm already sensitive about things, things going on with COVID, changing yeah. our business location and our business structure and all the things, and now I'm old. <laughs> so so I so that so that was I was I it changed for a moment and I had to sort of work through it how I felt about my body and so like so there was something there but um you know and then as soon as the lockdown happened I was seeing things like the COVID-15 and don't gain the COVID-15 all the things to do and, and just all of this bullshit fitness marketing because I'm sure other fitness companies were also flipping out right about things changing and now gyms are closed and what the heck are they going to do and you know but um, capitalizing on shame to me is just never a good idea right yeah I the COVID-15 and the whole like all the memes out there that have to do with like, if you're not using this time to be productive, then you're yeah. a sack of crap sort of. And it's like, you know, maybe, maybe the world's trying to tell you to slow down. How about mm -hmm. that? Like, I, I just, and, and we have felt that we've talked about that in uh, previous episodes in season one, but um, you know, it's okay to gain weight during quarantine. It's okay to gain weight anytime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't owe anyone your fitness. No, like, we, we tend to forget that, like, cause it's so ingrained in us. Like we should be fit. We should be thin. We should, you know, like all of these shoulds on like how our body is supposed to look. We don't owe anyone our fitness. We don't owe anyone thinness. And we certainly, and I, we don't even owe anyone like a certain age. Like I can let myself get wrinkled and I don't have to do Botox and special creams. Right. <laughs> yeah. You I don't. might want to. You might want to, but you don't have to. <laughs> you don't, you don't, have you don't to owe it to anybody. You don't. You certainly don't owe it to anybody. And I feel, I feel that way too about like with the COVID fifteen slopes, like memes out there, and the things about like um, people wanting to use this time to get fit, which for a lot of people usually equals losing weight. Um, and being in the fitness industry, I think that 
the way that diet culture has saturated um, our society is that we are going to be subject to having our bodies um, compared to and judged because that's what people think fitness is all about. And so for me, like, it wasn't so much about like me looking old on camera, but it was more like, oh, do I look too big for these people who are seeking to be healthier, AKA thinner? Mm-hmm. And my body type is not going to appeal to all people. But, you know, I, I put a post out a while back too that I don't like, I don't exist to be your before and after photo. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my, I'm pretty, I'm fairly comfortable with my body at this point. It's taken a long time to get there, but mm-hmm. like, you know, there's so much shame and guilt wrapped up in fitness in general that when people were jump, when fitness companies were jumping on COVID to market through shame, it just pisses mm-hmm. me off. Yeah. And you know what shame and stress has been shown to do as far as body weight goes? It's been shown to increase, like it's been shown to make us sicker. So shame and stress, we, we tend to be, we tend to have like higher levels of a lot of these bad hormones that cause us to gain weight, that cause us to experience inflammation, which do cause a lot of the other um, illnesses that tend to be blamed on weight gain. When it's really, it should be blamed on whatever is causing the shame or the stress. Right. So, um, so that, that is absolutely happening during a pandemic mm-hmm. because there's going to be stress during a pandemic. Even if you are not currently sick or you're not worried about someone who's sick, you probably have had some life changes. Maybe you're trying to work from home and homeschool a kid, right? Maybe you're, you know, like, trying to figure out a new work situation because you lost your job. Maybe your housing situation has changed. Like there's, there are so many different variables because this pandemic sort of brought up all of the shit in our society, mm-hmm. the economic disparate uh, discrepancies, the um, racial discrepancies, like the, like so many things that, that, are, are really crappy about our society have all bubbled to the surface in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, so even if you're not ill, uh, there's a lot of stress just in the change of how our society functions. Mm-hmm. And that can yep. cause weight gain itself. Even yep. if you ate the same and you exercised the same, your body still might change and that's okay. Our, our bodies are meant to change. And, um, so to take some of the pressure off of trying to be a certain, um, a certain size or a certain level of health can probably be really helpful. So, um, oh yes. So another thing about this COVID-19 pandemic is, uh, I'm on Zoom a lot, at least half of my sessions yep. each day I'm on Zoom. I have never looked at my own face so much. <laughs> this is going back to the whole phone thing. But like, there are times like, I'm just used to conversing with people and and having conversations and not thinking about what my hair looks like or not looking and seeing like what, you know, again, my wrinkles 
And by, <laughs> I didn't know that I had jowls. I, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and so, like, and so I've been walking around this, this earth thinking I looked a certain way. And now I see myself all the time. Yeah. And in ways, like, it makes me think of, like, what was it, a Seinfeld episode where didn't Jerry have, like, a girlfriend who was, like, cleaning her house naked? And he's like, it, it was too much. I've seen too much. <laughs> so somebody's going to have to correct me on that because I'm not sure that's right. But we <laughs> like that's what it's like looking at my face on zoom all day yep it's like i don't we're probably not meant to look at ourselves that much we're meant to look at other people and even if i am looking at my clients which clearly i am i'm still my i'm i am still in view yep and that's weird and feels unnatural and it changes how i see myself yep yeah, so I would I would venture to say that you're not the only one because we've had like sure. we've had clients of ours say the same thing like mm-hmm. oh now that I could see myself blah 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 and they have these like reactions and feelings to like what they actually look like to other people mm-hmm. um, and I mean there's that could be a whole other episode that's like a lot to unpack but mm-hmm. but yeah I mean this is unnatural we're not used to staring at ourselves all day long right <laughs> right. And then let's talk about what I'm staring at when I'm not staring at myself, because I don't know about you, but I have watched a lot more television since being on quarantine because there's not as much other things to do. And so I personally like trashy TV. And I discovered that on my CBS app that I have all of the episodes to every different season of love and hip hop that there is. (laughs) And I don't know, I don't know why I don't get tired of seeing women throw drinks on other women. Like, I don't know why that is because it's not my, like, I would never throw a drink on another person. And I don't really like, I find myself watching it and thinking, oh, I just wish that they could communicate better. That's so sweet. (laughs) But, (laughs) But these women in these shows are Botoxed and lasered. And they have very publicly have lots of plastic surgery and like an objectively beautiful, even before some of them have had these things done. And so I'm watching this and I'm consuming all this media and all of a sudden I'm like, gosh, I wish my ass were bigger and my hair were longer and my skin was smoother and my waist was smaller. And those kind of thoughts like sneak in over time. And I'm like, I might have to stop watching those shows. I'm sure my husband will be devastated. He's probably really sad. Yeah, he loves yeah. sh- <laughs> Switzerland is what I call him. That's- he is not about the fight. He is like, can we all get along? How can we how can we find ways to all get along? Yeah, he is like that. <laughs> so so yeah, so I don't know if you are doing that as well, but it's I I can't imagine that I'm the only one. Maybe you're not watching Love and Hip Hop, but um, there's a lot of trashy television with beautiful people out there. (laughs) Yes, there is. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, like, how the input affects the output in um, not just, like, not just, like, what we think about, but what we think about ourselves and what we see when we look in the mirror, like, there's, or on Zoom. Right. (laughs) All of that kind of affects our sense of self, right? Correct. Um, So, 
So for this part of the discussion, I think that I'd like to just put out there that we can all give ourselves a little grace that when we see that our bodies are changing due to stress or circumstance that we can give ourselves grace. We can, we can still find things that we love and appreciate about our bodies during this time. Um, even if we gained the quarantine 15 or the COVID 15 or whatever it is, even if you have gained weight, that's okay. Um, that chances are, unless you're seriously dieting, gaining that weight is not scientifically proven to affect your health. But efforts to lose weight have been proven to affect your health negatively. So um, kind of, it, I know that it's hard because I still, I work hard at this stuff and I still have to remind myself, but um, to let yourself, let your body sort of do its thing and go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really hard to do. That's a hard place to arrive. And I think that like, you know, we've, we've said that we have done some inner work ourselves on that stuff, but we still get trapped in that, in the diet culture stuff. Absolutely. We still, we still have those thoughts and those feelings and make those comparisons. And mm-hmm. like, I still, every once in a while, I'm like, hmm, maybe if I just like crash dieted for three weeks or whatever, like I mm-hmm. have those thoughts, but um, you know, it's, it's, okay to have those thoughts but it's like how do you Mm -hmm. react to those thoughts that makes Mm -hmm. a difference yeah I actually that happened to me just recently I'll tell you about it I haven't actually said anything to anybody about this yet so when I had my knee replacement surgery I was on pain meds for like six weeks and they fucked me up so while I was on the medication I was nauseous and didn't want to eat and then for the three weeks that I was off the medication I was basically throwing up every day and didn't want to eat. So I did during that time lose weight. And of course, got a lot of comments about it by well-meaning people. And then ever since then, I've been having issues with acid reflux and heartburn. Like, I feel like I'm pregnant again. Like I, like every once in a while, I get this like, sensation where like my mouth fills up with saliva and I'm like oh dear I'm gonna puke and then it goes away so I was talking with one of my clients about this and I'm like oh I feel like I actually have to do something about this this has been a change since I had the surgery I don't know what's going on and so since then I've lost a bunch of weight and then my body rebounded like because that's it's a natural thing so I um after I started eating again after going through the pills and then detox from the pills, <laughs> I started eating again, I gained weight. So this person was like, well, one of the reasons that that can happen is if you, if you have a lot of fat around your middle. And I started like looking at myself differently after that mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, well, I'm sick because I'm fat or I have this problem with my body because I'm fat which is this old narrative that so many of us tell ourselves. And let's be honest, like there is a lot of medical bias. Like the fat phobia has seeped into the medical community and there's a lot of work to be done there. Um, Despite the fact that there's not a lot of evidence to show that 
diets work and that weight loss efforts work long-term. So um, this kind of thing, I, I, I get it. And this person really did mean well, but it messed me up for a few days where I had really had to like re-examine my relationship with my body. Cause I started blaming myself and shaming myself for having acid reflux um, because I had gained weight after having the surgery and it, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of that too, is like being conditioned to the terms of like the term fat. Mm -hmm. Um, We, it, that word is to most people, a bad word. That's, that's not a nice word. We Mm -hmm. don't say that we don't, we don't describe people that way. Um, but thin's not a bad word. Thin's not a bad word. Right. So (laughs) it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting to like, when you said that I had like this gut reaction, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't do that. You don't say fat. And (laughs) I just, and again, kind of talking to myself in, in my head through that process, like, okay, so can we neutralize fat? Like, can we actually do that? Can we actually make that a neutral term? I think that's the long game, mm-hmm. but uh, I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. I would love to see that um, because it, it really like, I mean, I have fat on my body. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I so it's just, yeah. Well, and I saw, it's really interesting because this is one of those things like, and this has happened to me also when I've done like anti-racist work that you learn things and all of a sudden you feel like your eyes are opened, right? Like you, you can see things in a different way that you couldn't see before. And then you can never unsee it again. Very similar with fat phobia, where it can be so ingrained in us to think that thinner is better. And that, um, that if we lose weight, it'll solve all of our problems. But I saw this meme the other day that I thought was so perfect. And it was like, if, if fat loss were the end all be all to all these diseases, then liposuction would be saving lives left and right, right? Like people could go get liposuction and then their heart disease, boom, gone. (laughs) But, and so things like that, like those are good reminders because like you hear that and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. Or like, or even if it comes just down to body image, the stress that feeling crappy um, puts on you that, that if you lose weight, the idea is that then you feel happier. Right. But, but most of us who have successfully lost weight, we weren't much happier or any happier at that lower weight. In fact, we might've even felt more stress because now there's pressure to maintain it. And maybe we lost the weight doing some bullshit cabbage diet and that we can't imagine eating that way the rest of our lives. Right. Right. So, so there's a ton of stress that comes with that. And then, oh, the disappointment that people will see you and you're fat again. And then what are you going to tell people? And like, cause you owe them a certain body type and all of it is bullshit. Right. Right. So, right. I, I would like, I would take it a step further and like reframe, like, you know, what is successful weight loss and mm-hmm. what is maintaining that weight loss? Like mm-hmm. if, if the success is to keep it off forever, like has, 
has that been anybody's success? Like right. I mean, our bodies are changing all the time. Or if we're maintaining, like, are we actually maintaining or are we suppressing our weight? Because every time it rebounds, well, maybe, you know, that's a clue mm-hmm. from your body telling you, Hey, knock it off. Yeah. I mean, most studies don't go longer than five years. Right. And the results are abysmal. They're really, so like, really like a lot of diets, they already have a time frame anyway. It's like the seven day fix, the whole 30, the 75 hard or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're going to do. There's like a, a, there's already a time frame on them, but then <clears throat> most research doesn't look much further out from beyond that diet. But the research that does, when it looks out a year, two years, the results go downhill exponentially. And most of the people, by the time you get to that five-year mark, have regained more weight than they lost. Right. So what do you think it is about these um, these programs, these 21-day fix, their whole 30, these, these like whatever, like what do you think it is that draws people into that sort of thing? Like, because obviously like, not maybe not obviously, but most people do that because they want to lose weight. But what's the draw there? Like, what's the draw for, for these fixed programs, do you think? I think that initially, like people, like people think that they, that they can sort of have a reset and that they'll get healthier in the process. And I, you know, it's just a, it's just diet under another name, right? Like it's just a, it's still a diet. Um, even if it says wellness or habit change or things like that, um, it's all the same product. Right. And, but I think that people go into it because they really think that they'll be able to make this change. And in the beginning, it's kind of fun. Like, I mean, everyone who's gone on a diet has had that like success that first time around, right? Mm -hmm. Like you did lose weight you did. And then you felt like the showering of praise and the success and maybe even a little self-righteousness, like, Oh, I can do it. Then you can do it too. I mean, gosh, that's how I got into fitness initially. Like I was like, I lost 60 pounds. I'm going to, I'll help other people do it. And then we'll all be so healthy together. (laughs) And yeah. And so like, I, so it's, so, you know, if you have a desire to lose weight or you're still in that cycle, like I am, I am not here to shame you. I am right. here to, to help open your eyes so that like you can get off the hamster wheel when you're ready. Right. I was, I was going to um, circle back around to that as well. Like if you find yourself in that cycle um, or you find yourself sort of bucking against what you hear, um, it might be worth leaning into that discomfort to see why that is. Because I, I would venture to guess that, you know, like a lot of people, you probably are thinking about what you eat, what you weigh, and whether or not you're working out pretty much all day, every day. That's a lot of energy um, to put in that, into that sort of thing. But also like, you know, what Cara was saying was like, you, like, you are not the problem. Mm-hmm. The diet culture is the problem. And I think that it kind of, it ties back in with, um, with racist, uh, policies as well. Like the people 
are not necessarily the problem. The policies are the problem. Right. And this, the same can be said here. Like the, the people are not the problem, the diet culture mm-hmm. and the pervasiveness in which it just swallows us whole is the problem. Mm-hmm. And we keep blaming ourselves. Yep. Like the thing that I, I can think about is like, if we went to a doctor because we were sick and they gave us something that made us sicker, we wouldn't go back to that doctor. Right. And but we do that with diet culture because we think that if we just had enough willpower and if we just could get our acts together, that we could find a way that would make it work instead of doing the work to accept our bodies and love our bodies and then see where our bodies ended up. Yep. You know, there is a, uh, there's a theory and now I can't remember the exact name of it, but I think it's like a, a set point theory or I'll have to. I'll have to look it up, but it's the idea behind it is that basically you do have a range of about 10 pounds that your body wants to be at. It's biologically, genetically like determined to be at that range. And if we do the things like sleep about seven hours a night, eat something green about once a day and then eat when we're hungry that our body will sort of naturally go there. Like even binge eating um, hasn't been shown to raise people's weight much beyond that. If they are doing all those other things, like if you say you have a terrible day and you emotionally eat and you know, like it hasn't been shown to raise people's weight that much. And the other thing is that most people who have eating disorders are still overweight. And we don't think about that. We, we imagine this emaciated rib showing, you know, kind of person, but that is really the minority. Most people who are, are suffering from very dangerous eating disorders are not given the respect that they deserve to heal their, their disease because they are still overweight. So people are like, oh, they don't have an eating disorder. They're still fat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Eat, eating disorder has a variety of looks. Mm-hmm. And so you, if you can think about that, about those extremes, that those people could still be in those different bodies, then if you kind of just took the pressure off of eating, took the pressure off of yourself in general, that your body will find its way. Mm-hmm. And where we have issues is that we, as a society are chasing this photoshopped ideal that that we can never quite reach, right? And so one of the solutions, so like for me, if my solution to this whole, like I feel icky about my body during this pandemic thing, then is not watching as much love and hip hop and diversifying my social media feed, mm-hmm. do it. Like I have actively followed like, fat yoga instructors and like, like fat fitness models and, you know, really like, and, and, and it works. Like I, when yes. I see that and I take out anybody that doesn't really make me feel that great about myself, if there's somebody in my feed that I see them and I think start comparing myself to or feeling competitive with, I take them out of my feed. Perfect. 
yeah, that's that's a really good point because you know, along with the pandemic, has come much, much, much more social media time, mm-hmm. and so that's a really good uh, that's a really good solution to diversify your feed if we're going to be spending more time on um, social media. Mm-hmm. So speaking of social media, some of the other sort of quirky things about bodies that have been happening during this pandemic that I thought was interesting to mention, since that is the topic of our show today is um, more people have been breaking their toes during the pandemic. Ah. And why? How? Like, <laughs> why is that a thing? Are we just going crazy? Like, my <laughs> my son has what I call a witching hour at night where I think he just needs to get all of his crazies out before he goes to bed. So he literally runs through the house at top speed, usually making loud noises for like an hour. Like, I I'm sitting in my recliner and I just feel like wind <laughs> brushing on my face as he, as he just tears by. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that what we're doing? Are we doing that at home? Like, what, what do we all have a witching hour? Like, why are we breaking our toes? Are we- <laughs> Very interesting. But um, the other thing I saw on social media is um, that more people are, and this is anecdotal. This came off of Erin Brown's feed. And if you don't follow her, you absolutely should. She's awesome. Um, But she was talking about how she has a need to wear her glasses more often, even though her prescription hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. She used to not wear them as often. Like she could kind of get away with just like, like, you know, wearing her glasses, like when she was on the computer or something, but now she wants to wear them all the time because she's not seeing things as well, but her prescription technically has not changed. And so she was talking about that and people were like, me too, me too. It had just been since the pandemic. And so she sort of concluded that it was like a grief thing, that we have more stress in our bodies and our brains are overloaded and we're looking at screens more. And I just found that so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. My glasses got broken by my children and I, I have been thinking like, I need to get back in because I'm not, um, my vision hasn't necessarily um, been noticeably different, but I can, I notice that I'm getting headaches more frequently from looking at the screen without my glasses. Mm-hmm. So I'll be following suit soon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there are so many reasons. There are so many reasons that we would be having conflicting feelings about our bodies and our self-worth and our self-image and our self-esteem and all the things during this pandemic one year later Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's so many reasons um but we just we wanted to talk today about encouraging you to like lean into the discomfort and and examine those feelings and see where you can find some some little places of peace to start with maybe you start by diversifying your feed maybe you start by um watching less television that makes you feel bad about yourself Maybe you start with just acknowledging how hard this is, mm-hmm. like start somewhere and see if, see if you can slowly work toward building some, some peace with yourself and your body. Yeah. That's yes. That's good. Jill done. Mic drop. Did it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh. But we are so excited to be back in your podcast. 
um, thank you so much for listening. If you like the Push podcast, make sure that you hit that subscribe button, give us a review, share it. The more um, subscriptions and shares we get, the more visibility we get in Apple Podcasts and other podcast listening platforms. So make sure you do that for us and see you next time.